Again, tonight, it's a real privilege for me to be here with you at Faith Church and to be able to help lead you in worship tonight as we look at the Word of God. And I think God has something special to say to every one of us in Matthew 14. So I invite you to turn there with me to Matthew 14. And what we're going to see is it's just after Jesus fed the 5,000. And now he has a very special personal miracle uh, for the disciples. In fact, in this passage, in Matthew 14, 22 through 33, there are really five or six miracles, if you listen carefully to this passage. It's a well-known passage to most of us. It's one where uh, Peter is able to walk on water, something that was impossible to do. But that's not the only miracle here. So let's listen to what God says And this is for Jesus' followers, people like you and me. It's for his disciples, especially as he himself walks on water in front of them and to them. Listen to Matthew 14, beginning at verse 22, and listen for these uh, five or six different miracles here. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and to go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. Now listen to this. The boat was already a considerable distance from land, and it was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now there's, it's not just a coincidence. That's a miracle. God sent the wind to teach them something. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, another miracle. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And then listen to this miracle. When they they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. May God bless us as we see what he has to say to every one of us in a very special way tonight. Dear people of God, tonight we're going to look at a subject that we don't look at very often, but it's about facing our fear, our fear of failure. And probably every one of us has that fear at some point in our lives where we are afraid to do something because we're afraid we're going to sink. We're, we're afraid we're going to fail, and so we don't do it at all. And I think of that particularly here as we look at this passage. We're going to see three things tonight. The first is the fear. The second is the faith. And then the third is the challenge. But the first thing is the fear because as you look at this passage and as you see that Jesus has just fed 5,000 people, And then he tells his disciples, go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. I'll come later. And then he goes up in the mountain to pray. And the Bible tells us that while he goes up in the mountain to pray, the wind was against that boat. The storm came up. So they were 
uh, in a time where they didn't know what was going to happen next. And then as Jesus comes walking on water toward them, only Peter, of all 12 disciples, only Peter says to Jesus, can I come out there too? And Jesus says, come. And only Peter, think of that, one out of 12 disciples, one out of 12 who had seen miracle after miracle of Jesus, only one of them had the faith to walk on water. But I want you to see that that fear that the other 12 disciples had, they were safe in the boat. That fear that they had is like fear we often have when God calls us to do something by faith and to not walk by sight. And the question we're going to ask ourselves tonight is simply this, what is it that God is calling you to do that's like walking on water toward him? What is it that he says in your life? Take the risk, follow me, keep your eyes on me, and you can do what's impossible, but it's possible by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. But you see, so often in our life, we're gripped by fear. Can you imagine if you were one of those 12 disciples and you saw Peter as he actually said to Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out there where you are. And when you hear Jesus say, come, but then as Peter's taking that first step out of the boat, you're one of the other 11 disciples and probably what you're saying is, Peter, you can't do that. Peter, that's impossible. Peter, come back here. You're going to sink, Peter. And you're one of those that's so frightened that you're staying in the safety of the boat. And you're so paralyzed by fear. But think of that. Think of that. If you really were one of those 12 disciples, what would you have done? Would you have stayed with the other 11 firmly in the boat, safe there? You believe in Jesus. You believe that Jesus can do miracles. But when he calls you to do what you can only do by faith, you say, no, I'm safe here, Jesus. What would you do? Would you be safe in the boat? Or would you say, Jesus, I want to come too? And would you maybe take the first step out of the boat? But as you're taking that first step, fear grips you and you come back to the boat and you decide, no, that's not for me. Peter can do that, but I can't do that. What would you have done if you were in that boat and Jesus said, come? Maybe you would be like some of us and we'd say, well, Jesus, I'm going to come, but just a minute, I want to put a life jacket on first, just to be sure. I don't quite trust this. Or would you be like Peter who would walk on water for a while? And by the way, we don't know if it was for 10 seconds or for a minute. I like to think it was about two or three minutes that he was not just suddenly doing this and he sank right away, but he was walking, and as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was going. Then the Bible says, when he looked down and saw the waves, when he looked down at how impossible this was, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink, and he cried, save me. Would you be like that, like Peter? You would go out at first, but then you would look down? Or would you be that one person who would walk all the way there to Jesus and keep your eyes on him? And then come back to the boat with him because you had that faith that he could do this in your life. I don't know what you would have done, but for many of us, you know, our fear is there. And our fear is sometimes, what will people think of me if I do this? 
what will others think if I would actually do something like this by faith? And so sometimes we're, we're gripped by fear so much that we don't do what God calls us to do. We're afraid and we won't do it at all. You know, I remember when I was uh, 13 years old, there was a, there was a Billy Graham crusade at the uh, McCormick place, the old McCormick place. And I was 13 years old and I remember going and I was with a group of people from Cicero and, and uh, I knew that at the end of the time when you listen to Billy Graham preach, that there's always a call to come forward if you want to give your life to Jesus. And I went there with no intention of doing that at all. I mean, I thought, what would people think around me? What would people think and say if you do this? But somehow during that service as Billy Graham was preaching and at the end when he called people who wanted to give their lives to Jesus, I don't know, something in me just made me get up and go forward. And let the world know that I love Jesus Christ, no matter what anyone else would think. But sometimes that's hard for us because we're so worried. What will people think? What will they say about me if I do this? How will people react to this? And our lives so often are paralyzed, literally paralyzed by fear. We're afraid that others won't agree with what we have just done. I have a niece, and uh, she has four biological children. But now, in the last few years, she and her husband have adopted four other children. So they have eight children now, and two of those that they adopted from China have severe uh, difficulties physically and need lots of surgeries. But you know what they did? She and her husband, and maybe some people criticized them, and Maybe some of the older of us especially say, what, are, are these people crazy? Why would anybody do that? I mean, four children's enough. Why do you have to have eight children and adopt from a foreign country? I don't get that. Do you know there are those who walk by faith and they keep their eyes on Jesus and they do what they feel Jesus is calling them to do no matter what anyone else says. What would that be for you? to walk by faith and not by sight, to hear his voice and not hear the voices of what everybody else thinks and just do what he says you should do. It's interesting that so often our lives are paralyzed by fear of failure. When I, uh, in my lifetime, and especially when I was younger, people always asked me, and as I got older, they would ask me, did you play basketball? Because I'm tall and I'm thin and they just assume that being tall and thin that I played basketball in high school and, and in college. And I always have an answer for them. And what I tell people, and it's true, I say, well, no, I didn't play basketball because I worked. Every night after school and every Saturday, Mr. Treesenberg got me a job at uh, uh, Douglas Portraits right on Roosevelt Road, right next to Finnegan. Some of you know where that is. It was right there on Roosevelt Road, and it backed up actually to our, uh, our, our, our playground there in our, our um, uh, uh, parking lot on the side toward Roosevelt Road. And I did that every, every night, and I was doing that, and that's, that's why I say I, I had to work after, high, after school in high school. But there is more to the story. 
Because the real last part of the truth that I don't tell everybody is that I, in high school, I was petrified to play basketball. I didn't want to get out there on the court. What if I failed? What if I made a fool of myself out there? I was so gripped by fear of failure that I didn't do what I could have done. All four of my children are tall. All four of them played in high school and in college. Some of them are, uh, were all American in basketball. I never did it because I was afraid. And some of us, all of our life is spent in fear. But look at what Peter did. Look at the faith that God gave to him. Even if it was just for 10 seconds, even if it was just for for 30 seconds. Can you imagine the thrill of walking on water toward Jesus? Can you imagine what it was like? He had the faith, the only one, the faith, to step out of that boat. And notice in verse 24, it says, the boat was going against the wind. And so it was in the middle of a storm. And now just picture it, because in those days, there weren't all the lights of the city around the Sea of Galilee. You know, when we have grown up in the city, and I remember when I grew up in Cicero, there was so many lights around, we couldn't even see the stars. I remember when I was in junior high, they wanted us to see the stars. Somebody brought a telescope outside, and they let us see how many millions of stars there are there, and you don't see them when you live in the city. But imagine what it was like to be on the Sea of Galilee, and it's in a huge storm that's a miracle of God. It was just for this purpose. And imagine that there's flashes of lightning and there's thunder and, and even the, the, those who had been sailors are, are petrified because the boat is being tossed. It was a, a, the wind was against it. And then all of a sudden as this lightning flashes and that's the only reason you see somebody's out there. And then you see what nobody has ever seen before. He, he's walking toward us. Can you imagine those disciples? Who is it? And then they cry out, It is a ghost. And then as he gets closer, Jesus says, don't be afraid. It is me. And that's when Peter says, if it is you, let me come out and walk on water with you. But, you know, this was all miracle after miracle here to to, to let the disciples know that their life doesn't have to be filled with being petrified by fear, that they could learn to focus on Jesus Jesus says here, don't be afraid. And the Bible says here, they were terrified because of the storm. And sometimes in our lives, when we're in the middle of that storm, it's hard for us to see Jesus. And it's hard for us to focus on him. And it's hard for us to walk by faith on water toward him. Because sometimes in the storms of our life, we aren't thinking clearly. Sometimes through the tears in our eyes, We can't focus on Jesus, but Jesus calls us to come. Come out of the boat of safety. Come out here and walk on water. And he says, don't be afraid. That's what he says here. You know, sometimes I think of how airplanes seem to be always on course, and it seems as if they never veer from course. And I'm told that airplanes have this internal guidance system so that if a airplane, kind of like an autopilot. If an airplane's going to go to Denver, Colorado, we think that it's always on perfect course. That's not true. I read recently that for the majority of the time, the plane is maybe one or two degrees off each way. 
And what happens is it sometimes falters from one side to the other. And then what happens is this internal guidance system keeps it to go back on course all the time. And you know, that's what God does for us. By the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of Jesus, he is the one who, as Jesus is living within us, can keep us on course, can keep us on course, even when we fail. And I think this is so beautiful here because even when we fail, and even when we falter, and even when we begin to sink, Jesus doesn't say, well, that's the end of it for you. No, the Bible says he puts out his hand, and he takes Peter by the hand, and together, and this is such a beautiful picture, together they go back to the boat. And when they're together in that boat, then the miracle, everything is calm. They're right there with Jesus. But do you see, he doesn't reject us. He doesn't reject us when sometimes it's hard for us and we falter. He brings us back on course and he says, now keep walking by faith. Don't be afraid to fail. I will not reject you. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus says, once you are mine, no one can snatch you out of my hands. And once you are his, no one can snatch you out of the Father's hands. I will never leave you, Jesus says, and I will never forsake you. You are mine. Don't be afraid. But that brings me to a third point, and that's what's the challenge here for us? And the challenge here for us is to look into our own lives and to see what would it mean for me to walk by faith on water toward Jesus? What does he call me to do at this point in my life that really takes faith? You, you see, we can believe in Jesus. We can believe that he died for us. We can believe that he does miracles. But here Jesus is giving to these disciples the special miracle of watching as Peter walks on water in a storm to show us what we are called to be able to do by the power of his Holy Spirit and by the power of Jesus. And yet we have to ask ourselves, what does that mean for me? I think, for example, of of sometimes people are, are in a job that they don't feel is the right one for them, but they're so afraid to make a change, to do something different. And they're so afraid to, to make a move maybe to another city, uh, even though they feel that tug of the, the Holy Spirit that this is a time for you to change, yet they are afraid to do that. And they don't want to do that because it's too scary and they don't want to fail. I have a sister who was uh, a teacher for about 10 years, and then she had two children, and so she quit teaching at that time. And then after her children were growing up and they were starting to go to school, her husband said to her, uh, Marilyn, he said, what, what do you want to do next in your life? Do you want to go back to teaching, or what do you want to do? And he was very open to whatever she felt she should do. And she said, you know, Bill, she said, I've been thinking that I would like to go back to school and be a dentist. Now, some husbands would say, I've got a good job. You don't need to do that. Why would you do that? Question it. No, her husband was very supportive. And in fact, they moved their, from their home to a little tiny apartment in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and she went to the dental school. First, she had to go back to college and get some courses. And here she is with two children and uh, a career in teaching, and yet now she feels she should be a dentist. But she 
she did. She went back to college, and then she went uh, or to the university there, and then she went into the dental school, and she graduated from there, and then she had her own practice there in Ann Arbor until she retired. She taught at the dental school there, and you know, there was a special niche for her there because in Ann Arbor, there were many women from the Middle East. They don't want men to be their dentists, and they want a woman only. And Marilyn, my sister, has had many opportunities to share the love of Christ with people through her dental practice, the way in which she ran her dental practice, the way in which she treated her patients. But even more, she would go to uh, Tijuana, and she would go to Haiti uh, several times to help people with their dental needs there. In fact, what she did is her husband was not uh, at all medical, and he ended up being her assistant when she would go to Haiti, and it's really quite a joke in the family, but uh, he had to serve her and do whatever she wanted him to do. But it was heartbreaking to them, too, because they had to choose who would get the care and who would not, because the lineup would be quietly. These people would just wait in lines for hours, hoping that they could be helped. But I think, you know, she could have been afraid to do that. She could have said, I I could never. I would like to be a dentist, but that's impossible. But no, by the grace of God, she was able to fulfill the dream and serve him in a new way. Does God ever nudge you toward a different work in life? And and you might say, well, what will my parents say? And what will my brothers and sisters say? But that's not the important thing. Jesus sometimes says, come, get out of the boat of your safety. Come, you can walk on water in your life. I love the story about my father. When my father, in 1953, he had the call to Denver, Colorado, and he was in Hudsonville, Michigan. And uh, dad had never been out west ever in his life. He grew up in South Holland, Illinois. And so when he got the call to Denver, he decided that he wouldn't take an airplane. Now, this is back in 1953, but his idea was, I don't want to be in an airplane because it might crash in the mountains before you get to Denver. He didn't even know that there's no mountains before Denver. So he took the train. He took the train to Denver. In fact, the interesting thing is he changed trains in Chicago from Grand Rapids, and his suit got soaking wet, and he was wet all the way to Denver. It was quite an interesting story. And then he accepted the call to this foreign place, Denver, Colorado, which has mountains on the west of it and not on the uh, east. And God used him. Now, he could have said when he heard that he had the call to Denver, I'm not going to go that far from the rest. My family's a thousand miles away. I'm not going to do that. Somebody else can do that. But he had a wonderful ministry. It was his most interesting ministry as we were in Denver, Colorado. But I say to you, what does God say to you in your life? Is there something that he's saying to you tonight? Or he might urge you to do in the next weeks? And be open to the, the calling of Jesus when he says, come out of the boat of your safety. Take a risk. You know, many people have gotten into prison ministries where they have gone to visit people in prison and Uh, They felt called to do that by the power of God. Some people in my church in Orland Park are doing what's called safe families, where they take care of the children of uh, people who are unable, mothers who are unable to take care of their children and need a break. And, and, And they brought these children into their homes. And, you know, 
whatever it is, God can call. Maybe God calls you to move, and it's difficult to move out of your home, and you've been in that home for so long, and you love that home, but there's that call, and you can tell that God wants you. But sometimes we just want to be safe in the boats, and we don't want to do it. Jesus never said it would be easy to walk on water, but Jesus says, trust me. I think the steps we take is, first of all, to pray to God and to ask what his will is. And then the second thing is take that first step out of the boat. Don't be afraid. That's what he says here. Don't be afraid. And the third step is to keep your eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and watch him and keep your eyes on him. And he will bless you to be able to do what you can't possibly do in yourself. And then even if you fall and you begin to sink, Jesus will lift you up again. He will give to you the strength to go on. And he says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you.